Welcome to the Fox River Podcast. We are a church with a heart for people and the message of Jesus. It is our desire that you'll be drawn closer to God through today's teaching. To access notes from today's message, go to foxriverchristian.org slash message. Thanks for listening. Everywhere we look lately, all we see is division, right? Our cities are divided. Let's be honest, our nation is divided, right? We turn on the news, we see unhappiness. Man, there's unhappiness even in my own home, although I do have two teenagers. What's up, Gwenny? What's up, E? Big shout out, all right? But seriously, even in our churches, right now we're seeing more grumbling and more fighting than ever before. Now, our very souls crave joy and peace, but we can't seem to find it anywhere. Am I right about that? Come on. But we're asking this question to God, like, God, in the midst, what's your purpose for us in the midst of this mess? Like, like I'm sick and tired of experiencing what the world has for me. We want to experience you, Lord. We want to experience what you have for us. Help us. I pray, Lord God, right now, that you would help us to experience you. I pray that we would hear from you today, Lord Jesus. I pray that we would be changed for the better because of it. God, I pray that you would be glorified in our time together. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm Bill. If we haven't met, I'm the online campus pastor. I do some other things around here at Fox River. And I am so thankful that you and I get to spend this time together, these precious minutes together. I'm so thankful that God is with us. I'm so thankful that he's got a good word for us here today. I think it's going to be a really good thing. So let's turn to Philippians chapter 2. You can read along on the screen. You're going to see the verses down there in just a minute. But you can also turn there in your Bibles if you want or on your phone or your tablet or even open up a new tab on your computer, okay? Whatever you, whatever you prefer, go for it. But we're going to experience God together today, all right? Now, this, this, this letter, all right, you might have heard it's the book of Philippians, all right? The book of Philippians is actually a letter. It's written from the Apostle Paul to the Philippian church, all right, the believers in a city called Philippi. Now, years before this, Paul actually started this church, all right, and he knows like so many people in this church, and he's writing them because he loves them and he cares about them. He's writing to thank them, all right, for partnering with him in sharing the gospel with the whole known world of the time. So he's just saying thank you in this letter. Another thing that Paul is doing is not only is he saying thank you, but he's saying, I want you to continue to experience Jesus. I know you're doing it already, but I want you to experience more of him in newer ways and in better ways and to continue that all together. And at the very theological center of the letter, early in chapter 2, we see some of the most beautiful and powerful verses in all of Scripture. Let's get into verses 5 through 11 right now. In your relationships with one another, have the mindset of Jesus Christ, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death 
even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now notice, who are these verses all about? Well, the answer is Jesus, right? Now, two fantastic questions that you should always ask a preacher when he's speaking or when he's writing, as Paul is in this case, is this. Number one, what does this have to do with Jesus? And number two, what does this have to do with me? Now, Paul always answers both, and he never fails to link the two together. So right here, in the beginning of chapter 2, those verses that we just read, he's in the, I'm going to tell you about the Jesus part, okay? And here's a few observations we can make from the text. Some are obvious, some not so obvious, okay? But the first one is this. Before Jesus was sent, right? Think back to John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave, or you could think of he sent his only son, Jesus, right? So before Jesus was given or sent, right, before he came as a baby, he agreed. There was agreement within the Godhead. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, they agreed it is good for Jesus the Son to come to earth as a baby. All right? Think of it this way. There was Trinity unity. All right? That's our first observation. Second observation is this. When Jesus lived on the earth, he did so as a servant. All right? He valued others. He was constantly looking to the interests of other people. Not his own interests, but other people's interests. So much so that it brought him to the point of death. All right? It led to his death. A criminal's death at that. He died, listen to this, he died not for his own sins, but for other people's sins. He was totally selfless and interested in the interests of others. And by choosing to live and love like God his Father, Jesus enjoyed the joy of God every day of his life. Jesus walked out his purpose and he experienced God's peace, even when the world was crashing in all around him. Choosing to live and love like God and for God is how you experience God and all that he has. This is what it means to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, like Paul writes about in verse 12. Because living and loving for Jesus is precisely what saves us from a sin-dominated, joyless, purpose-starved, peace-lacking life. And Paul is reminding his dear friends in Philippi of something super important. Not only is Jesus the door to eternal life in heaven, Jesus is also the key to experiencing eternal life here on the earth. I'm going to say that again because some of us miss that, all right? Paul is reminding his readers and his hearers, that's us today as well, by the way, that Jesus not only is the door to eternal life in heaven, but Jesus is the key to experiencing eternal life here on the earth. If you want to experience God, listen, it's all about Jesus. Jesus is the key. And with that in mind, let's read Philippians chapter 2, same chapter now, but let's read verses 14 through 
the first part of 16. All right, check this out. Paul writes, Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. Now think about it. How easy, how natural is it just to to grumble about everything and to argue about everything. Man, it's so, so simple for me. Listen, I don't want to wear a mask. I don't. Thankfully, I'm speaking right now, so I don't have to wear one for these few minutes, but as soon as we're done, put it back on, right? But I don't want to do that, let alone in a church service. Come on, don't tell me how to worship, right? I don't want to respect the authority that is the government. I don't want to do that. I don't want to listen to them as God tells me to in Romans chapter 13, all right? Listen, I don't want to consider the needs of others before my own. I care about me, me, me. Maybe you're the same way, right? But Paul, Paul writes to us, and God is telling us in Philippians chapter 2 something very, very different. But when we think and when we behave like Jesus, check it out, we become like Jesus, and we experience him. We become pure and blameless. We become children of God in a fuller sense, and we begin to shine like stars against the backdrop of a dark night sky. Jesus is the Savior, absolutely. But he's also our example as to what it means to live and love and experience God. But if that weren't enough, listen, Paul gives us three more examples. He's like, listen, I've seen Jesus, but all of you members of the church in Philippi, all of you hearers even now in the year 2020, like like you haven't seen Jesus like I've seen him in the flesh. I saw him. He appeared to me on the road to Damascus. Check it out, Acts chapter 9. Come on, doesn't get much better than that. Anyways, but, but his hearers, they haven't experienced Jesus in that same way. So he's like, listen, I want to give you three human examples, all right? I want you to imitate them as they imitate Christ. And here's what he does. In verses 16 through 18, he talks about himself, all right? He talks about how he's running, all right? And he's working hard for Christ, right? He, he talks about how his life is, is poured out like a drink offering, okay? Imagine yourself, you know, talking about your life being poured out on an altar to God, I mean, man, you talk about selfless? Are you kidding? That's, that's crazy. And he's experiencing Christ. Even though he's in prison, he's glad about it. And he's rejoicing in his Lord. He's like, be like me in those ways, okay? Then in verses 19, to 19 through 23, he talks about Timothy. And Timothy is one of his closest friends, might be his closest friend. They have co-labored and they've been co-workers. They've been ministering together for years, all right? And, and he talks about Timothy. Listen, there's no one like Timothy. He is like, he's reached official all-star status. Those are my words, not Paul's, okay? But he's genuinely concerned, like no one else. He's genuinely concerned for the welfare of others. All right? He is totally sold out for Christ. He's always looking to the interests of Christ. Always. Okay, there's nobody like him. And check this out. When Timothy, when his, when his sights are set on the interests of Christ, here's what happens. Here's the beautiful consequence of that. His interests are also set on others. Okay? Because you can't disconnect the two. You can't. You can't love God and then somehow neglect to love your neighbor. Okay? They, they go together. So when Timothy is concerned about the interests of others, 
guess what? He's also, how that plays out is he's also concerned. Uh, uh, when he's concerned for God, he's concerned for others. It's beautiful. Okay? And then in verses 25 through 30, he talks about a guy named Epaphroditus. Maybe you've read that before, and you're like, I don't know how to say that name. Okay? Epaphroditus is kind of how, how I've heard it said. Okay? So we'll go with that. Epaphroditus. Epaphroditus was um, a member of the Philippian church. Now remember, Paul is writing from prison to the Philippian church. Epaphroditus was from there. Here's what happened. When Paul got locked up, he was in prison. The church in Philippi, they sent Epaphroditus to go visit Paul and help him and bring him aid, okay? Listen, they agreed. Before Epaphroditus was sent, they agreed to send him, and he went. Now, who does that remind you of? Jesus, maybe? Uh Uh-huh, certainly does, right? So Epaphroditus comes, and he's helping Paul. And while he's helping Paul, check this out, he gets sick, like really sick. He almost dies. That's how sick he is. So what happens when he gets that sick? Well, he does what you and I might do. We go back home and we get better, right? No. Epaphroditus does not do that, right? He remains faithful to the calling that he has received. He remains with Paul. He continues to help him, all right? He continues to think and behave like Jesus. And he is living and loving like Christ. And in so doing, he's becoming like Christ. And he's experiencing Jesus. Now, here's the question. What does that have to do with us, right? Let's read Philippians chapter 2, same chapter, right? Verses 1 through 4 to get part of that answer. All right, here we go. Paul writes, Therefore, If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, let's pause for a second. He is talking to the church. He's talking to those who have placed their faith in Jesus. They're saying, I believe in you, Jesus. I know you died for my sins. I'm going to trust in you, right? Because I can't get to heaven on my own. I can't experience Jesus on my own. I trust in you to save me. So these are, he's talking to people who have placed their faith in Jesus. They believe in him. They trust him. And those people are united together as the body of Christ. They're united together as they worship and they live together as a part of the church. That's who he's talking to, okay? So check this out. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, he's writing this in a way that's saying, not if, like maybe you do, maybe you don't. He's saying, since, All right, since you have these things, because you are believers, you've been blessed by God through salvation, right? Because you're part of the church, you've been united with Christ, you're united and one with each other. Listen, because of those things, since those things are true, then he goes into this, verse two, then make my joy complete by being, listen, 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 like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit, and of one mind. That's unity right there, right? Verse three, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, right, in bringing yourself low, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, even though we really, really want to, all right? Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Just like the Philippian church, we have the opportunity to experience Jesus by being, check it out, united. United with other believers. 
those that we love, those that we sacrifice for, even when it hurts. You give your time. You give your money. You serve them. You serve with them. All right? You risk your health. If it comes to it, you might even risk your life by being around them. All right? I know I could get COVID, but, but man, I just, I'm like, I just got to be around them. I love them. I want to help them. If it requires me getting closer than six feet for more than 15 minutes and, and, and running that risk, man, I just uh, don't want to, but I have to. I want to. I'm compelled to. The love of Christ compels me. I do. I love them. Okay? I'm united with other believers. And having the same mindset as Jesus Christ and being united with him, it's a beautiful thing. Jesus is the key. And how does this play out? Here's a few examples. Instead of, and I just want you to know before I say this, because these are going to hurt some of us, all right? And, and I want you to know I'm at the front of that line, okay? This, this is like self-indicting, self-convicting. One beautiful thing that happens when, when and a lot of us know this, when you speak in front of a group, the stuff you're saying is like, you, you, you know it's, it's, you're preaching to yourself, right? You're teaching yourself. So that's, that's what's happened. I just want to put that preface on the table. But here's some examples. Instead of grumbling when church leaders make decisions on where to worship or how to worship or, or things like that, how about this? Striving for genuine, not fake, but genuine agreement. Now we can achieve that through just pure submission. I'm going to honor the authorities that God has placed above me in the church. I'm going to do that. All right, you can also just have a conversation. It's like, man, I don't quite agree, but I want to. So go have that conversation instead of, again, grumbling on the sidelines or grumbling behind so-and-so's back, right? That's not good, right? That's not united. Instead of having mean-spirited, hate-filled arguments on social media or Facebook with your brother and sister in Christ, man, about masks or politics, or how involved or not involved the church is in social justice. Instead of taking those jabs at each other and, and tearing each other down, how about this? Having the same unconditional agape love for one another. Let me take, take us into that just for a couple seconds. Going back to John 3.16. For God so loved the world. The word love there is agape love, okay? That's the type. And what that means is it's unconditional. For God so agape loved the world. He was so determined to love the world. It didn't matter what they did to him. It didn't matter what they said about him. It didn't matter if they rejected him. It didn't matter if they crucified him. His love towards the world is unconditional. And that's why not only did he feel that love, but he acted on it. And he sent Jesus to die for our sins. That's what God is calling us to do. For those of us who are a part of the body of Christ, who have placed our faith in Jesus, we're to have agape love, that type of unity, with one another and for one another. Here's another example. Instead of complaining when we don't get our way, oh man, I do that so often. I do, it's just a reaction. I don't even think about it. It's just the way I, just the way I am sometimes. It's, I'm not proud to say that, by the way, but I just react like, man, I'm just so unhappy and I'm gonna complain about it because I didn't get my way. Instead of that, though, Let's choose to live in harmony with one another. Those are the things that Paul is talking about here. In John 17, right, the high priestly prayer, some of us might have heard of that, but in John 17, Jesus is praying this beautiful prayer, and one of the things he prays for is this. 
And by the way, this is the only prayer that Jesus prayed that hasn't been answered yet. (laughs) That his believers, the church, that they would be united. He prays that they would be one just as Jesus and his Father are one. Listen, unity is not supposed to be an option. We are called to be of one mind. We are called to be of one spirit, all thinking one thing. How can I, in this moment, today, glorify Jesus Christ? How can I do that? That's the one mind we are to have. And when you believe that Jesus died for your sins, and when you trust him to save you, listen, you are saved by him. And you are saved for him. Remember, Jesus is the door to eternal life in heaven, but he's also the key to experiencing eternal life here on the earth. Experiencing God is on the line. This is no small thing. This isn't something that we should just say, ah, that was a decent message, and then just go on with our day wherever we are or continue going to work. You know, you're back from your lunch break. Like, no, no, no. Experiencing God is on the line. If we don't live like Jesus and value others above ourselves, we won't experience him. If we don't love like Jesus and look to other people's interests, listen, we won't experience him. And if we don't experience Jesus, we won't experience all that he has for us, namely his peace, his purpose for us, and his joy. And by the way, we won't reach the world who doesn't know him yet. We won't reach them effectively with the gospel and for Christ. Part of how, check this out, part of how unbelievers, all right, those who haven't trusted Jesus yet, part of how they experience God is this, by how believers love one another. That's in John chapter 13, verse 35, if you want to check it out. Because here's how it's supposed to work, all right? I'll just give you a, a, a theoretical example, okay? Hey, did you, you see what's going on with Maria? Man, she's really struggling in life. That thing happened to her, you know, in, in Man, but did you see how the church, right, her friends at church in her small group, they, they just like rallied around her and, and they're helping her. They're giving her money. They're bringing groceries by her house, man. They're, they're like, they're doing all of this for her. They're encouraging her. They're calling her. And even though she's going through a really rough time, she's actually doing all right. It's crazy how much they love her and care about her. Man, if that's what Jesus is like, I want to know some more. Like, that's how it's supposed to work. It's like this passive evangelism just by loving each other. It's a beautiful thing that God has set up. And God has given us each the opportunity to experience Jesus and experience all that he has, his joy, his purpose, his peace, right? And he's also given us the opportunity to help others to experience him too, simply by remembering Jesus and responding through serving one another and simply just getting along with each other, all right? That is how we can experience him. And we can experience him right now. We can experience him today by following him. Perhaps there's some people, right? Now, now you know this. I don't. I know it's true in my life, okay? But perhaps there's some people that, that you can just apologize to here, even today. Wherever you are, you can call them up. Or maybe they're next to you, right? Maybe, maybe they're sitting on the couch at home watching this on YouTube or something. And, 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 and like, just like, okay, I need to make an apology here. Right? You can demonstrate the love of Christ that way. You can experience Christ that way. Maybe it's time to just you know, make, make an overall change in the way you think. 
or in the way you treat other people. It's like, man, it's time, it's time to, to go back to the basics, man. I forgot who I am in Christ, and I don't think about Jesus enough. He doesn't motivate my behavior in the way that he should. Lord, please have your way with me. Maybe that's kind of your prayer today. Maybe, maybe, maybe you want to choose, like it's time to choose to live and love selflessly instead of selfishly, right, for others. Choose for the, the me, me, me part of you to die once again. Turn back to Jesus. He is the door and he is the key to experiencing eternal life. Let's experience him together today. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, you lived so unselfishly. You are the creator, yet you became like one of us, part of your creation. You were and you are, you continue to be a servant. You are one with your Father. You value others. God, you serve others. You seek the interests of others. You are perfect, Lord Jesus, and you, you alone have died for our sins. For those who believe in you, Lord, and are trusting you to save them for the very first time today, Lord, please receive them as they receive you now. Help all of us, all of your children, Lord, to be like you, to experience you, and in so doing, to shine like bright stars in this society, in the, in the midst of this mess, Lord, that's going on on the planet Earth right now. God, help us to shine like stars against the backdrop of a dark night sky as we follow you, Lord, as we experience you. Amen. I love you guys. I hope you've been blessed by our time together. I hope God continues to work in your life. I think he will. And I'm looking forward to next time already. See you then. We hope you were encouraged today. Subscribe to the Fox River Podcast to ensure you don't miss future messages. Stay connected through our social media channels on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, make a difference in the lives of those you know by sharing with them. We are grateful for you and hope you join us again soon.